Welcome to Awaken and Empower, a podcast dedicated to creating a space for honest and true conversations on self-development, spirituality, and the intricacies of being human. It's hosted by me, Shaylin Ivany. I'm a self-empowerment coach on a mission to help women deepen their connection with themselves so they can live an authentic and meaningful life. And that's my intention with this show as well. This podcast is for anyone who is ready to unlock their inner wisdom and commit to the journey of deeply knowing, embracing, and honoring themselves. Awaken and Empower is a safe space where we can get real and dive deep into big and meaningful topics like identity and spiritual growth, inner work and mental health, and the meaning of the miracle it is to be here, alive and breathing and taking up space. Listen in for soul-centered inspiration, heartfelt advice, and personal stories that will guide you towards awakening your authentic self and living an empowered life. Awaken and Empower, and welcome to the final installment of the Summer Conversation Series. I can't believe we have come to the end of this series already. The summer is going by so fast. We still have all of August left, but my oh my, it is just zooming by. I hope you've been having a fulfilling summer in all the ways that serve you and bring you joy. Thank you for tuning into this episode, and if you've listened to the other four conversation episodes, thank you for following along for the whole series. And if you haven't checked out those other four episodes, I highly recommend them. Each conversation really just filled my heart, and I learned so much from all these incredible women, and I hope you do too. I'm going to share a bit more of a reflection on this whole series in the next episode, which is the 50th episode. Holy moly. So yeah, for now, I'll just say thank you for listening. I hope these episodes have been enjoyable for you. I'm so grateful for each of the women who shared their voices and their stories with me for this series, and I'm just really glad that I decided to do this this summer. I think I need a bit more time to gather all my thoughts and feelings about how this experience has impacted me, so I'll share all that in the next episode, so stay tuned. (laughs) We're ending things on a very high note with this episode. I'm so excited for you to listen in on a chat I had with someone who came into my life in a very divine way and will now always hold a special place in my heart. I consider her a soul sister, and she is Warimu Jiroge. Warimu is a healing conversationalist, strategist, and therapist whose specialty is in supporting individuals, families, and communities in identifying and closing gaps in their mental health to facilitate restoration, healing, and recreation of sustainable, meaningful living. Warimu is so wise and spiritually connected and thoughtful and we just really went there in this conversation and I'm so grateful she took the time to share herself and her story on the podcast. As always, if you'd like to share what you got out of the episode, you can email me at shaylinivany at livingembrace.ca and find me on Instagram at living.embrace and also on my website livingembrace.ca. I loved doing this episode so much, and I hope you love listening into our chat about the intricacies of divine connections and living a spiritual life. So without further ado, let's get into my chat with the incomparable Warimu Jiroge. Okay, here we are in the fifth and final episode of the Summer Conversation Series. I knew from the very beginning of this series that I wanted today's guest to be the one to bring everything to a close. She is one of the most wise people I know, and it's truly such an honor and a privilege to know her and have her in my life We've really only known each other for a few months, but it feels like our souls have met before in another lifetime. And 
ever since we met, we feel like we've been learning from each other and walking each other home. I'm so excited to share in this space with her and allow her to share her wisdom and her light. So please welcome to the show, my sister friend, Wairimu Juroge. Hi, Wairimu. Hi, Shaleen. Thank you so much. Yes. I'm equally uh, humbled in the ways we met and uh, it's been a few months, but it does feel like a quite a lengthy sisterhood we've had. Yes, we're definitely going to get into that for sure in this episode. Um, But yeah, just thank you so much for doing this with me and connecting with me virtually here today. I just love connecting with you and also listening to you speak. I've told you this before, and I know other people have told you as well, but you just have such a beautiful speaking voice, and I think it's perfect for podcasting. So yeah, I'm just really grateful to be doing this with you right now. So thank you. Thanks as well. So yeah, I love to start these episodes with just talking a bit about how we met and how our friendship has evolved. And that's kind of also ties into one of the themes of this episode, which is um, making divine connections, which I feel like you and I definitely have. Um, So what are your thoughts or your perspective on how we met and how our friendship has evolved since then? So we met last February. I actually had to go back on my phone and see when we texted uh, immediately after our meeting. And it was in February uh, this year. And um, it was quite uh, um, a unique situation in the way we met. So. At the time, I was exploring the possibilities of doing uh, life coaching. So I decided, all right, I'm just going to go online and see what's there. And then I come across the website, Nomi. And as I was scrolling down, something about your picture that was very, very small, I could barely see. Uh, But something about your um, profile drew me in. And I remember scrolling all the way down and looking at other people who had been doing the life coaching thing and something kept telling me to go to come back. So I did. And uh, then strangely felt this confidence to just email you and ask if we could talk. And I was so impressed by the way I spoke with you, Shaleen. Um, you were so kind. I was nervous that you may not be willing to share what you've learned so far, but I felt like um, you didn't feel a need to withhold anything. You were very warm, welcoming, um, reaffirming of my anxieties that I was expressing at the time in terms of that shift. So it felt, it felt very familiar because that's uh, essentially the way I like to move or interact with people. And of course, we don't get to do that with everyone. Hence the reason why we both of us believe that uh, we have a divine connection. So it's um, evolved in terms of uh, being intentional. And I remember saying that to you last time we met, really the first time we met face-to-face at the Harbor Front. And I say to her, I said to you, Shaleen, that um, I I am really grateful that um, in our friendship, in our kindred spirit connection, there's an intentionality to walk each other home. And that was a beautiful ending to our first meetup, really. Um, We met, have a friend, and then the other time at the restaurant. But to say that um, it's evolved in that we know that uh, this is beyond us or are being intentional in harnessing that kind of energy between the two of us. So it feels supportive. It feels um, genuine. It feels not um, riddled with fear or politic, right? It's just a a pure human connection, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I totally agree. Um, yeah, when I was 
you know, kind of preparing for to do this episode with you, I was thinking back to when we first met. And I remember you left me a voicemail, like you emailed me and then also left me a voicemail. And I remember listening to voicemail and just feeling something like because I get a lot of people reaching out to me trying to like sell me things or like you know scammers out there it's it's uh one of the unfortunate things of being a a life coach and being online you know you get a lot of people trying to take advantage of you but when I received that voicemail from you I just felt like oh there was something there there was like a resonance there that I can't describe and so I called you back and that time we talked for like over an hour, I think, for the first conversation. And yeah, then I think we had a couple more phone conversations after that. And just, yeah, meeting you in person for the first time was such a magical experience. (laughs) That's the word that comes to mind. It was magical. I just, when I connect with someone and when I truly connect with someone, which doesn't always happen, it has only happened a couple times in my life. It's hard for me to describe that feeling. And that's how I knew that, okay, like my soul has met this soul before. And that's why I feel so comfortable that with her. That's why, you know, I've, I'm feeling all these feelings that I can't fully describe because they kind of defy logic, maybe. Like it's just a very spiritual kindred connection. And um, yeah, I love what you said too about the intentionality in our relationship, because that's so true. And um, I haven't always had that in, in friendships as well. And so when that's there and when it's coming from both sides and it's equal, um, that's just so special. So um, needless to say, I'm so grateful for you. And uh, even though we've only known each other for a few months, it definitely feels like much longer. And um, I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing to support each other and and nurture this friendship because I think it's just so special and it defies um you know age like we're not the same age you know we're not (laughs) we don't like we just met online and um yeah it's just been really special to get to know you so um thank you for being you (laughs) you as well you as well and I remember us having this talk that we the first time when we met at the harbor front, that nothing between the two of us will naturally, from someone looking in, say we will be friends. Yes. Right? Culturally, racially, like, you know, age-wise, um, our experiences. But when it comes, I think, to the divine connection, it's beyond logic, mm-hmm. as, as you're putting it. And it's really a matter of the heart, right? And it being destined that you will meet, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's greater than us, I think. And, and I'm grateful for that as well for you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely bigger than us. And uh, it was meant to happen, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So now I'd love to hear you talk a bit about, yeah, who you are and where you're at in your life right now and a bit about your story. Yeah, so... As Shalini introduced me, my name is Waivimo. Um, my identities are a union between my cultural or personal identities and professional. So I'll start with the cultural piece because that's who I am always and the professional came later. So I am an indigenous African woman, meaning I belong to a people, right? I'm someone's child in relation to a land, right? I'm originally from Kenya. Um, so that means that um, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, I'm even a grandmother, right, based on the way we name culturally, so I do have nieces and nephews who have children, so technically I'm a grandmother, yeah, right, so I'm also a student, I am currently learning like Indigenous African holistic healing practices, And the hope is that I'm able to incorporate that in my professional life, hopefully down the line. So when it comes to my identity professionally, I am, um, I consider myself a healing conversationalist and strategist. I also work as a therapist. So my speciality really is working with individuals, families and communities in supporting them to figure out their gaps in their mental well-being, 
<clears throat> and we know when, it, when we're talking about mental well-being, we're talking about the totality of the person, right? Um, to facilitate restoration, so bringing back wellness, healing, uh, really um, taking care of uh, what that may be missing and, and, and recreating that balance, and also recreation, really, in terms of sustainability of meaningful living. Because often cases I find um, we, all of us, include, I included, may be able to uh, maintain wellness temporarily, but not feel like we have the confidence to actually sustain that, right? In terms of um, physical health, emotional well-being, as well as uh, spiritual wellness, right? So I'm usually interested in, in the totality of the holistic care and really facilitating healing conversations and, and providing strategies as well, but also the emotional or therapeutic support as a therapist. Mm. Yeah, I'm also a PhD student. First time I'm actually putting it out there publicly. Um, and I won't disclose which year, because I'm powering through it. <laughs> you know, but I'm grateful for all those opportunities um, in my life. Mm-hmm. And then what was the other question you asked? Yeah, I was just asking you to share, you know, who you are, where you're at in your life. And yeah, just your story, I guess, uh, what brought you to living this kind of life? Yeah. So where am I at in life? I'm at a place I call becoming, meaning I've always been a seeker, right? In terms of what I'm here for, what my purpose is. Uh, who I am, right? The existential question many people ask us, we ask ourselves, right, as human beings. And luckily for me, growing up in Kenya and being exposed to indigenous wisdom in religions, uh, that kind of gave me an idea, but not fully more um, of a certainty that there was more to me, right, in terms of my spirituality. So, for example, we have a Swahili saying that says, which in direct translation to English means a human being is never completely created. So that uh, saying for me always uh, made me realize there was more to me, right? And it was okay to evolve. It was okay to... um, face the, the realities that I may not know where I am today um, or where I'm going tomorrow, and that's fine, right? So the idea around being comfortable with the, uncertainty, the uncertainties of life and also knowing that I'll be okay, right? And that there's a bigger force beyond me that has already predestined what I'm here to become as a person. And it's for me to trust that journey with utmost humility. So I'm at a place called becoming. And I think that will always be the case because as I mentioned in, in the African proverb, it's, it's always a journey for me in terms of um, uh, evolving or becoming uh, who I'm supposed to become at different points in my life. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh my goodness. I needed to hear that today. I need to be reminded of that because yeah, it's uh it's true life is always going to be full of uncertainties and change and um it can, that can be difficult and confusing and scary and um especially when you feel like you don't know you might not know where you're headed and there's no roadmap but you just got to trust like you said, that you're always becoming, you're always evolving. And these things, depending on what you believe in, they can, they are predestined in a way. Um, and it takes a certain level of surrender to just trust that and trust yourself in that process. And, you know, if anyone out there is like me, I don't do well with uncertainty. And so it takes a lot more conscious effort to be like, I'm going to be okay. Things will be okay. And there's something bigger at play here. So um, thank you for sharing that. And I also love what you said when you were talking about your work and how you see yourself as a healing conversationalist. I think that's so beautiful. Um, And I just think the whole healing process is 
vital to the human experience. And um, I'd love to hear you talk a bit more about, you know, the work you do as a healing conversationalist, as a therapist, you know, what you help people with, how you help them and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So let me just first and foremost, um, make sure that I clarify in terms of my profession, right? So I am a social worker by profession and I practice as, as a therapist. And, um, that means I am a registered uh, mental health professional who utilizes what they call evidence-based modalities in terms of uh, supporting individuals' mental well-being, right? So I do adhere to the, to the principles and the ethics in terms of my professionality. So in terms of my public speaking, that's where now the, um, the healing conversationalist strategies and therapist comes in. Mm. And the reason why I see myself that way is that I realized the way I approach even therapy is from a place of um, utmost trust that clients, and ideally that we, that's how we should practice, that clients are able to not only have solutions for their lives, even when they're coming in, for example, during a crisis, but they actually have the expertise in it. And, and I say that because if they didn't, I wouldn't have met them in therapy, right? People are usually coming in um, at some point in their lives, they have lived life beyond before then, you see where I'm going with that, right? Mm. So I always come in into those um, therapeutic connections with clients from an understanding that we are equals in the sense that we are both human. And what they're expressing to me is a human experience, right? And if I had probably had similar circumstances as them, I'll probably have ended up with the same challenges, if not worse. Mm. So I come from a very humanistic uh, place. And then in terms of uh, now the conversationalist is the realization that given that I see ourselves as equals as human beings, and I am of course cognizant of the power differentials because I am sitting in a therapist chair and they're sitting in a client's chair. Um, I still feel if it wasn't for my social work practice, if it wasn't for me being a therapist, we'll just be having a conversation. Mm -hmm. right so for me I find that to have been helpful in my own experience as a client and I continue to be as part and parcel of my own wellness management and also making sure that I don't take on clients pains right because I'm not at all to begin with right but what I find what that helps with is that clients tend to or it encourages um, a therapeutic dynamic where clients feel they can bring their whole selves without having to manage themselves in that space, right? And when you think about it, like who wants to go to someone, tell them the most vulnerable, often cases, most shameful, painful experiences and not feel safe with them. And in this case, you're a stranger, right? So when you think about it from, a, from being a trauma-informed um, uh, from a trauma-informed lens, for me, looking at it as looking my, at it and myself as a healing conversationalist forces me or encourages me to be mindful, right? In making sure that I'm always sharing power or attempting to, and letting clients to take leadership. Mm. And for me, it's really about holding space and providing clients with an opportunity for an alternative perspective that is much more humane much more reaffirming of them and much more hope giving, right? Because we all, by the time we're going to therapy of 10 cases, right? We are feeling a particular way that is not necessarily pleasant or serving us well, right? So I always like to come from a place of a conversation, meaning you're coming in already knowing what you need. As a client, you're an expert of your life. And my role is to support you in bringing it out most authentically, 
um, with that most uh, sense of uh, dignity. Because simply because you're asking for help does not mean that your humanity should be undignified. Mm. Yeah. That is so beautiful. My goodness, that touched my heart. I just, I believe in the same viewpoint as that. And I try to bring that into my, my work as a self-empowerment coach as well, because, you know, these people are coming to you for help, but they're also just still human. We're all still human. And I think, you know, for therapy, uh, particularly, um, it's important to, to, like you said, yeah, treat them like a human and make sure they have a sense of power and they feel safe and they're not just treated like a subject or a problem that needs to be fixed because that's not the case. They're, they just need support and a space to be heard. And um, it sounds like you really give that to them and you, you know, focus on the whole person, the whole embodied self. And um, that is so important instead of just, you know, like I said, just treating them like a subject, an object, you know, because that's, that's not empowering at all. And that won't help them in the long run. Um, so I just think you do such important, beautiful work. And um, yeah, like I keep saying, it's such an honor to know someone like you who brings these into brings, brings these viewpoints and principles into your work, into your life. And um, it's just, you're doing important stuff. So um, yeah. And that kind of leads into something I want to talk to you about uh, one aspect of, you know, the whole human self, which is spirituality. And um, that's something that you and I have bonded over quite a bit um, in our friendship. And I've learned a lot from you about spirituality. Um, our conversations have really helped me to deepen my spirituality. Um, we forgot to mention this, but at the beginning of our relationship, you actually came to me and did a Oracle card reading and coaching session with me. You allowed me to guide you through that. And that was such a powerful spiritual experience for the both of us. Um, and I think that really, um, deepened our relationship in that way. So I'd love to hear about, you know, your journey with spirituality and the role that it plays in your daily life now. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Shaleen, for that. And, and the Oracle reading, by the way, was amazing. I'd never done it before. So it was definitely coming from a place of curiosity and um, also me wanting to be intentional that this is a service provide um, that you deserve uh, my support as well as a friend. So in terms of my journey of spirituality, To me, it's been a lifelong uh, seeking, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I think as early as probably the age of six or eight, I was always intrigued or found myself uh, drawn to realities of our existence beyond um, the physical, right? Or the immaterial world is what I mean. Mm. So at the time, I may not have... um, fully perceived it as such because um, of, of course growing up in a Christian home as well the ways in which sometimes Christianity um, or the formal religions can um, somewhat um, discourage that sense of uh, awareness of the world beyond what we can see but um, I always knew there was something more to it. So even though I couldn't necessarily conceptualize it, um, didn't understand what it was, and still to date, I'm still processing what it is, right? Because when you're talking about spirituality, this is, a, this is something that is greater than us. So in my humble mind, can I even fully describe what that is, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so... It's always been a lifelong seeking for me. And I think what has happened in terms of the impact of spirituality for me, next to my mother, right? I think spirituality has been the greatest teacher to me. Mm. It has really taught me humility. And to me, it's the idea that um, there's more to life. There's more to my existence that I can understand, let alone control. 
um, or have my mind perceived that is still um, impactful in the way I move through life or experience it, right? So for example, looking at it as um, there was an existence beyond my coming into this world, but nonetheless, a memory of me uh, having been here as well, right? Because I come from ancestors, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a child of my mother and my father. They have their own parents and, and, and the lights, right? So that, um, that chain that connects us, um, whereby it's not just about my physical being and emotional being, but also that uh, immaterial uh, connection to my ancestry, to the earth, to me is, is what spirituality is. And it's, it's really been the most, as I say, the most, um, uh, the, one of the most um, grounding experiences for my life, the greatest teacher next to my mother, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's so beautiful. And I totally agree with you. It's just a reminder of, um, there's more to life than what we can, you know, physically see or, or touch or feel or anything. Like it's, there's something bigger at play and it's the immaterial and, um, and yeah, spirituality is something that's so big and so vast and it's hard to, um, come down to one definition of it or one understanding, like there's so many layers to it. And I think it's also very, um, individual to each person, like the way you look at it might be different than how I look at it or someone else. Like it's all um, up to your own interpretation. And I think that's beautiful as well, that we can kind of find a spirituality that serves us, that feels best to us instead of following the rules of something else or um, feeling stuck in one way of looking at things. Um, so I love that. And I'm curious to hear too, just how living spiritually or living a spiritually led life has enhanced your life and your relationship with yourself. So for me, um, it's been really about the grounding part. Mm. I think before I fully acknowledged, um, that there was something greater than me in the works. I felt this internal pressure to figure out life completely and know it in and out and control things. And we know where that leads to anxiety, <laughs> <laughs> right? And being a control freak. Mm -hmm. But what spirituality does for me is that um, it gives me a sense of certainty in the, in the uncertainties, right? Mm -hmm. So even though I know um, things are going to be tough, for example, I know there'll always be couples here and there. I don't feel necessarily on the edge. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't feel anxious anymore. I think anxiety, not only is it normal, it is a necessity, right? It's, mm -hmm. It allowed us to survive as humanity to date. But uh, it's a form of anxiety that I think is much more on the healthier side than before, mm. right? So being able to uh, make peace with those things that I cannot control, being able to not feel um, that I have to have a full explanation to something and it's mm. still fine. And um, I think it's made me more open uh, less judgmental of people, I think, uh, because then I realize who the heck am I? Yes. <laughs> you know, it, um, I find spirituality to be very nourishing to my spirit being, right? So, because the work I do is heavy, right? Mm -hmm. I have my own problems as a human being. And then to be hearing other people's pain and to hold that space is exhausting. I mean, no wonder there is a burnout in, in our profession, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, spirituality has been that extra um, support. Um, it's almost like uh, getting supervision, mm -hmm. but from a spiritual, right? Whereby I'm feeling more and more grounded, 
and less um, feeling and, and feeling a, a less need to be in charge or in control. Because I'm aware that and I acknowledge that um, I never have been. And if it never happened before, I mean, ain't gonna happen now, mm. right? And that does not mean I don't have responsibilities. Um, and I don't have uh, a locus of control in other aspects of my lives. I do, but those are more in the physical and emotional. When it comes to the spiritual world, it's really about just surrender, reconnecting, and just aligning with um, with what I'm here for that I continue to seek and figure out. And hopefully um, the divine world will continue to guide me. Mm-hmm. Yes. My goodness. I love that. Yeah, it's just... I think spirituality is so powerful and what you just said really um, reflects that it's, it really touches every aspect of your life. Um, if you're able to tap into that part of yourself, your spiritual side, your soul, whatever you want to call it. And I love what you said too, about how it's helped you with things like anxiety. And even though the anxiety is still there, it's like a different kind of anxiety or it's less um, severe, I guess, than it might've used to be. And that gives me hope to hear you say that because I feel like in my spiritual journey, I'm at a point where the anxiety is still there. It is still making me want to have control and um, making me scared of uncertainty. And just basically my anxiety is still very present. And definitely since I've, you know, deepened my spirituality it's helped me manage my anxiety um but of course there's still phases where it's it's more present than others so um and and then that's just the part of my journey that I'm on right we're all on our own path and um but it's hopeful to hear someone else's experience and and especially someone that I care so much about and that I look up to to hear that um you know there's hope and the important thing is that I'm consciously choosing to focus on my spirituality and, and let it guide me forward. And, um, my anxiety doesn't always have to get the best of me and I can choose differently. So thank you for sharing that as well. Um, yeah. And just to add Shaleen, it doesn't mean, um, every day looks the same. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think part of, um, being a human being is having histories, right? Mm-hmm. And that means good, bad, and ugly, uh, both personally, historically, or whatever that may be. So I think anxieties, naturally, they are normal, um, and we need them for survival. Mm-hmm. But I think the more we have felt uh, pressure to figure out life at each stage, the more we find ourselves more anxious, right? Yep. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense why we, um, as technologically advanced as we are, we have the most of poor mental well-being than the past generations, right? So there's something to be said about that. And so for me, when I talk about being able to better manage or having less anxiety or manageable anxiety, it doesn't mean it's not there. Mm -hmm. It means... I am, it doesn't uh, last as long as it would have before. It doesn't take over as it used to before. It means I can still do whatever I need to do. And there's an awareness when that um, this is the normal part of it and this is the unhealthy part of it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So being able to differentiate, because I think within anxiety, sometimes everything looks the same. And that's where it becomes dangerous now, like the panic attacks. and Because you're now experiencing heightened sense of fear in circumstances that are probably not mm-hmm. requiring that level of fear. You see where I'm going with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is still there, but it's better managed and less, uh, it allows me to, spirituality allows me to be mindful even living with it. I think yes. the simplest way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. Um, and I've, that's been my experiences as, as well. It's just helped me become more aware, I guess, of my anxiety and the intricacies of it. And, um, and realizing that, you know, my anxiety is up in my head and my spirituality is down in my heart and my soul. And it's just a matter of knowing when to make that 
descent into my heart from my head. So um, yeah, I love that. Thank you for, for sharing that. And um, I wanted to move now into um, something we alluded to at the beginning, but the concept of divine connections, um, yeah. because we definitely have one. I'm sure you've had others in your life. I have as well. And I just love to hear your thoughts on this concept, because this is something that you and I have talked about in, in our conversations. And I just think it's such an interesting topic. So how would you define a, a divine connection? Oh, I mean, I feel like you're tricking me to this. <laughs> so, and the reason I say that is um, I have a human mind mm. and I'm not sure a human mind can fully perceive uh, the divine world, right? Yes. To even be able to describe what that is. It's just like spirituality, you know what I mean? At least with spirituality, there are practices, that have to do with our human selves, right? But with the divine world, it's that greater um, energy and power and, and existence. So, but I, I, I hear what you're asking and I understand from my human level kind of mind, right? So for me, divine connection means um, or is informed by my, school, my own school of thought in that... Um, it is those connections with people, with things, with opportunities, with circumstances that seem to defy the logic. That a human mind could not have planned that. Or um, me and you could not have arranged to make sure that we meet on that day at that time when they needed that. So to me, when, it, when I think of divine connection, in my human mind, I think two things come to mind. Good timing. So it seems to happen at just the right time. And then that um, it also meets my greatest sort of need, not just want, need. So on that day, for example, I needed to speak to someone who was not only uh, willing to share with me the experience about life coaching, but from a place of spirituality, right? Because to me, that meant that um, our connection was going to be greater than, because my reasoning for entering or seeking to become um, a life coach is from the idea that um, I want to support more people, right? And they can only do so much therapeutically, right? It's, it's not the most sustainable way to uh, reach fine wide. And I feel like um, over the years, and you've, you've mentioned this, I've had many people say, you know, I don't know, you need to be speaking. You need to be um, providing like life coaching classes and stuff like that. Um, so it's been said too many, of, too, too often for me to deny maybe there's something to it. And, um, and then I also realized that even in therapy, there is an aspect of life coaching that uh, many clients will report finding it beneficial, right? So for me, divine connection is really about that ability to access that which you needed the most just at the right time and with the right people. And it often cases feels like... Um, uh, my deepest, most sincere prayer answer, right? Mm -hmm. So in those connections, there's no, it doesn't feel uh, like a political thing or like an interview. It feels really, really peaceful, right? There's a genuine human connection. I'm able to see my humanity and see the other persons and vice versa. So it's, it, to me, that's how I define it, right? That, um, these interactions, those connections, those moments could not have been designed by either myself or the person I'm connecting with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so beautiful. And I completely agree. That's a beautiful way to look at it. It's just, 
it's almost like fate, I guess, is a yeah. word that could be used to describe it. And I love that you said, yeah, it just couldn't be planned by the human mind. It's It's been orchestrated by something bigger. And, um, you know, probably a lot of things had to fall into exactly the right place to make these meetings happen. Yes. Um, and, you know, when you look back on how it did happen, you you just notice how I guess magical it was and how faded and um, how, yeah, like defied logic. And um, I definitely have had that with you. I've had that with other friends, even, you know, my partner, like I look back on how we met and, and how that kind of fell into place. And so I encourage anyone who's listening to just like, look back on, you know, how some of your friendships and relationships have started and think about, um, if it was a divine connection and, and how that connection has grown over time. And um, so in your perspective, what do you, or what does it feel like, or how do you know that you've made a divine connection with another person? So how I know, and it doesn't happen often mm-hmm. in my life. I think that's the reason why it's called divine connection, right? <laughs> so whenever it's happened, it almost felt um, initially scary, like I'm surrendering all the power and control. Because mm-hmm. calling you, sending you the email and calling and leaving a voicemail was always part of that, like, yeah, is she gonna even return my email? Let me call and leave a voicemail, right? So it was it was that anxiety of um will she even respond? So it normally comes for me from a place of utmost lack of control or surrender of it. Mm. Uh, so atmosphere and vulnerability, and um and a, but a willingness nonetheless to be there. And in an interesting way, from the other person or whatever that is that I'm connecting with, it normally feels equally welcoming, right? So I don't feel uh, judged. I don't feel like I need to perform. I don't feel like I have to give anything of myself other than being me Mm. at that moment. So it normally feels very restful in my body, right? There's no tension. Um, there can be excitement because it's almost like I just met myself, you know, in that moment, especially if it has to do with, with a person. Um, and it's usually not riddled with resistance, like I find in other circumstances. Because I think part of the divine connection is that alignment, that there was something that had already been predestined or planned energetically that is also supporting that, right? So it feels easy, it feels effortless, it feels um, um, warm also for me, like physically it feels warm. Like I'm I'm someone who naturally uh, leans more to the warmer side of things uh, in terms of temperatures and all that. So to me, that's usually a good sign. Because with people who I'm, I'm not feeling very comfortable, my body tends to tense up and I feel kind of cold, right? And, and maybe it's my own interpretations, but when I've experienced divine connections, for some reason, it always feels a bit warmer, relaxed, um, nurturing. Like it almost feels like it also sees me beyond me. Like there's an awareness of me beyond myself, right? And it's a good feeling. It's a very humbling feeling. It's overwhelming as well. Because I'm like, okay, what did I do to deserve this, right? The, the, the self-doubt and all that. But uh, I'm learning to be more receptive and to surrender. And I find the more I'm surrendering, the more I'm able to actually do that. Because it means I'm able to be more mindful to be actually present to the possibilities of, of divine connections. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's uh, I can definitely relate. And um, yeah, for me too, it's, I know that I'm making a divine connection or even just a true connection when I 
feel comfortable to just be me. And um, because, you know, my whole life I've dealt with social anxiety. And so any sort of social interaction would be really difficult. And I would be really in my head and really self-conscious. And so in the couple or few moments in my life where I've met a new person and I haven't felt those things and I haven't been weighed down by my social anxiety, I I take a step back and I realize like, oh, this, there's something different here. And I like what you were, when you were speaking, I um, also gave me the thought about how um, these divine connections are also divine because they help us not only meet another person or another soul, but to meet more of ourselves. And I think that's been so true for me and the, um, the deeper friendships that I've had in my life, like with you, for example, like our friendship has helped me meet myself on a whole new level. And I think that's such a beautiful um, thing that friendships can do for people. And when that does happen, um, it's special and you got to hold on to that because it doesn't always happen. And um, yeah, it's just been, when it has happened, it's been such a beautiful experience to like um, sink into more of who I am and also like get to know myself on a whole new level. And just, and that's all just a product of being with someone who accepts you fully and um, gets you you to look at yourself in a new way, maybe, or um, just meet yourself on a deeper level. And so I think that's another aspect of, of divine connections that can happen over time, you know, as you build that connection. Um, so that's one thing that, um, these kind of connections has brought to my life. Um, and I'm curious to know what these divine connections, um, that you've made in your life, what have they brought to your life or to your sense of self? Yeah. Uh, they brought a lot of peace. They brought, they brought a lot of, um, clarity. Like I remember when we spoke, I was like, so this young lady is speaking like what I have in my heart, really, right? Um, these divine connections bring me a lot of growth through challenging experiences, right? So being forced to look at yourself, I think, is, is the hardest job. It's very easy, and we are trained in this society to always look out. Looking within is the hardest uh, job because then it means you're having to face the parts that you like, the parts that are not necessarily so pretty, mm-hmm. even to your own self, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the divine connections have brought me um, a lot of direction. So, for example, in my meeting with you, it's, I thought about the life coaching aspect of my work, but I'd never fully planned on it. And, and I think partly is, is me learning or trying to figure out the spirituality piece for me, uh, that um, I may have an idea in my mind, but not necessarily uh, want to put it in, into action and allow time to really concretize it for me, whether it's something that I'm supposed to do. So on that day, for some strange reason, I was like, okay, let me check out life coaching. And then there you are. And the things you said that made me feel like you om- we'd almost met before and had that conversation. It was almost like you were already, you're, you're beginning to walk and I was just beginning to crawl. Right, I can see my future self as a life coach in you. Like this is very surreal, right? So what that gave me is certainty and clarity in terms of what I want to do or what I think I'm supposed to be doing. Um, in other times in my life, it's provided me with um, a sense of contentment because I think for the longest time, when I didn't necessarily surrender to the, to the divine connections and the spirituality aspect of myself, I always felt like I needed to put things in place. This time around with the divine connections, the person is there to support me 
in working home mm. to put things in place as well in that in that sense so it's brought me a lot of contentment within that doesn't mean i i there are no moments in my life when i'm like i'd be doing differently or should i be doing more that is part and parcel of being a human being but uh there's less scatter kind mm-hmm. of a mind within myself i think the more i'm i'm connecting with people from that divine place like when i did with you the more i'm i'm, I'm getting clearer and and certain and content and um assured of who i am more and more than ever before mm-hmm. yes i love that yep these are such powerful things and um yeah, when it happens in your life, you feel it, you know what's happening and you just got to be grateful for it, be present for it and and really recognize what it's doing for you. Um, so thank you for sharing all that. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what you think people can do to attract or bring into their life uh, more of these divine connections. What do you think people can do? <laughs> That's a big question, Shaleen. That's another tricky question. <laughs> we, we're just human beings. I don't know if we have the capacity to really create that. I think what we, I think what we have capacity to do is to harness or create opportunities for based on how we're living our lives, right? So for me, most times, when I've had divine connections is when I've been the, at my most mindful self. Mm-hmm. Meaning I am okay with me being here right now. I'm present. I do not have judgment against myself. I'm loving myself. I'm accepting myself. It, and it doesn't mean it's perfect. It could be even in moments of sadness, for example, or negative emotional experiences, but I am here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, at least from my experience, in me being present, then it allows me to be aware of uh, the immaterial or those pieces around human connections that could not be perceived by my mind that I cannot orchestrate, right? But when I've been in my busy mind and not grounded, anxious, you know, in the rat race, I may have met people I was supposed to have divine connections with, but probably I wasn't even aware. So for me, it's really come down to being present and being at my best health possible. Possible. So there are times when I'm doing well, there are times when I'm not doing so well, but being able to have that um, ability to seek that balance um, and have more balanced days emotionally physically spiritually then during those moments are much more easier to to harness those kind of uh, connections yeah yeah i totally agree with that it all starts from within right yeah. like everything in our life starts from within ourselves and i've recognized this in my own journey too it's just as soon as i started to really get to know myself and and build that relationship with myself I attracted opportunities, friendships, relationships, things in my outer world started to come to me that were feeling more aligned than they ever had before because I was aligned with my true self. So if you really tend to the world within you, the world around you will start to reflect that as well. So totally agree with you there. And um, kind of going back to the spirituality side of things, um, I'm I'd like to hear your words of advice or wisdom for anyone who wants to live in deeper connection with their spirituality. Ah, wow. Uh, you're making me old now because I'm giving people advice. <laughs> <laughs> I can share my little wisdom of uh, gathered on my life path so far. And I think for me, which continues to be the case, um, is that uh, learning to be 
willing to acknowledge that there's a greater part of me that I may not have met yet. And, uh, but it's still within me. And that greater part of me could possibly be awaiting for me to be ready mm. to be there, right? So it can actually manifest or come through. And the greater part of me aligns with my purpose, right? What I'm really here for. Because I've tried different careers in my lifetime. And it always felt like a drug. Like I can't, I can't, I'm just exhausted. But when it comes to my work therapeutically with clients, and even in my, even more so now in terms of working as a healing conversationalist, in terms of public speaking strategist, I find as difficult as those conversations are, they're equally nourishing. So it's almost like um, you're working so hard and the more you work hard, the more you get refueled. Mm. It's almost in opposition to the traditional ways of um, having a career or having a job to do, right? By the end of it, you're burnt out. In this case, I'm usually feeling energized, excited, I'm challenged, the most challenged, but uh, equally um, supported. So for me, first and foremost is believing that there's a greater version of me that I haven't met yet. And um, that greater version of me is connected to my purpose self. And I'm here to be humble enough to, to explore what that is. So, and then the second part for me is um, a commitment to sharing whatever I'm gifted in my lifetime. Because I do sometimes look at my life and think, wow, I don't think I'm as bright as I would have needed to be, to be where I am. Like I'm aware there's more to my life being where it is at that has very little to do with me, right? So for me, that comes in with a lot of humility and gratitude and wanting to pass on the same to other people because different people showed up in my life and continue to show up in my life in different ways and give me their gifts. You gave me a gift on that day, right? And here we are having a conversation. Who would have thought? Mm. So for me, it's, it's about reciprocity. And that's a big uh, principle for me as an Indigenous African woman, whereby you you give and receive at the same time right and also learning to be mindful in how I do that because I as a therapist you go into the goal give 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 right and and learning that our balance in terms of um, uh, wellness holistically is critical you can't you can't give that which you do not have and you also can't pour out excessively without allowing yourself space to actually replenish within. So for me, it's about giving gifts that I have to other people and also being uh, responsible with that engagement so, so that I'm not depleting myself in giving other people the gifts that I have or have been given. And the last piece to me is really mindfulness. I am learning, <laughs> this, is, this is advice for myself as well, right? <laughs> so I am learning the importance of mindfulness. And um, so in reflecting on that question, I found myself kind of coming up with a definition of health that I thought is uh, mindful in, in, in essence, right? So I'm going to read it out if that's okay. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's about uh, uh, being mindful to seek wellness, right, or health. And the way I define health at this moment is that our health is not the absence of challenges in one state of well-being, rather the ability to consistently seek and maintain balance in one's overall well-being. It is the abundance of mindful living peace in your mind, joy in your heart, calm in your spirit, and love in your whole being. And ultimately the hope for a meaningful life, regardless of life's uncertainties. 
So not looking at it as one or the other, but this continuous process that we have an opportunity to recreate moment by moment from a place of utmost kindness within ourselves. My goodness, I feel that in my heart. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying all of that. Um, I could talk to you all day, but I think that's a beautiful place to end things. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And before we wrap up, I'd love for you to share where people can connect with you or learn more about you and your work. So plug yourself, plug all the places people can find you. <laughs> all right. So you can find me on psychology today. Uh, that's my profile as a therapist. I recently have so signed up for black therapists list, right? Which is a portal that allows uh, members of the Black community, our people, to be able to access us directly. Um, you can also check me out on Instagram, wherimonjoroge49. I haven't been so active uh, intentionally for purposes of mindfulness, focusing on other things that I may be sharing soon. And uh, yeah, that's uh, me essentially. So psychology today black lists black therapist list and uh it's a problem awesome and i'll put all those in the show notes so everyone can just click on through and check her out and um like i said before you're just doing such important work so i highly recommend checking her out to everyone listening and yeah i just have to thank you again for doing this with me today and sharing your light and your wisdom and um, connecting with me. I just love connecting with you and having these deep chats. They always just fill my heart and my soul. And I'm so eternally grateful to have you in my life and just thank you does not encapsulate all my feelings right now, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you as well. Um, Shaleen, you've been such a kind person in my life. Um, odd in terms of uh, our connection um, nothing would have naturally put us in the same space but here we are and I'm grateful for that I am grateful to my ancestors who continue to guide and support me they think they are behind why we met mm. so I'm humbly honored That's yes like to say yeah thank you yes, me as well all right. I love you so much. Love and you just too. <laughs> thank you again. <laughs> All right.